Loose ends. Yeah. Man, what you doing, man? This is you, you, what you doing. Look, I know everybody know John Wick, but I'm a mom Wick. Let me go ahead and uh, get this empty for you. We you know, good. I ain't never had nobody bring no gun on this show, but you know what though? We 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 we, we just gonna cue the theme music. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna play a different song just for you. My man. <laughs> I used to eat dirt. Yeah. Now it's been on my shirt. Hey. Put a Glock in my purse, huh? Put a Glock in my purse. Put a Glock in my purse, purse. Put a Glock in my purse, purse. Put a Glock in my purse, purse. No, this is not a purse. How the fuck is a purse? Ain't no lip gloss in it. Only lean penicillin. Alright, y'all, welcome back to the morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous podcast where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. I'm back. I took a month off, gave myself a month off. That's what's uh, great about running your own show. You can kind of be your own boss, make your own schedule, whatever, whatever. But anyway, I'm back. Last episode, I had my man Randy on, my Sans, a UMES legend. You know, he came and spoke his piece about it. Probably the most philosophical episode I've had ever. But, you know, what, what else can you expect from Brother Randy? Uh, this next episode, though, that we about to get into, um, not too far from him. You know, I got his chapter, bro, on another UMES legend, Antonio, aka Shooter, aka Amon Wick, aka the guy that just brought a gun out on a podcast. But <laughs> you know, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Oh. Um, uh, we 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 gonna talk about that in a second. But anyway, nah, man, I got my man Antonio on. Had my eye on him doing this for a while. For several reasons, he's a young black successful businessman, also married with a which well not cheering yet, but a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, everything I aspire to be, I always uh, respect the married fathers on here, you know. So uh, I got asked him to come on here, and he definitely uh, blessed me with his presence. You know what I mean? We're gonna talk a little bit, man. Um, can't guarantee that it's gonna be as philosophical as the last time because I sense Antonio and I have a very similar personality when it comes to laughing. <laughs> yes. But you know, that's what we do. <laughs> What's up, man? Not much, man. First of all, I appreciate you for having me. This is my very first time on a podcast. And I've been wanting to do this for quite some time. I'm very glad that it happens to be with you, right? Somebody that I already know I had history with. We went to the same school right. and personalities. It just, it just, it just messes so well. So <laughs> this, this is going to be real fun, man. I, uh, I look forward to this. Hey man. Well, this may be your first time doing a podcast, but this is my first time. Somebody pulled a, uh, a weapon out on <laughs> Oh, me, no, I got my AR sitting right behind me, but you know, nobody ever seen that before. But you know, you the first, you got you, you the first one, you know, so it's the first for both of us. And I can remember a funny story post graduation, Antonio. I don't know if you remember this. We were supposed to go to the shooting range, right? Yeah, this is a while ago. Yep, <laughs> Pull up to the parking lot. I got my guns locked, stock, and barrel. He does too. We get out the car. He goes, Man, the wife called me, man. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, damn. So I bring that up and say, you owe me a range day, man. You know. Facts, facts. That was, yeah, that was years ago. Too. I remember yeah. like yesterday, I was waiting in the, in the parking lot. You pulled up and it, it had to do something with Amani. I know I had to, um, you know, I probably had to just watch her because my wife had something to do. And at that point, I don't even think we wasn't married yet. At that point, this was before we got married. I know she oh, wow, probably for real. Oh, okay. had to do something. And I just was like, all right, well, I was I was blown. Cause it, it was something you had that I wanted. It might've been a shotgun that I had my eyes on that I hadn't shot. I was like, Ooh, you bring your shotgun and you brought it <laughs> and boom, I get, I'm talking about, I would have loved to have that call 20 minutes beforehand before. I yeah. Got yeah. Man. You know, you, but, um, everything yeah. happened for a reason. We definitely now our range day is going to be so much better. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You know, uh, you probably talk about my Ivor Johnson semi-auto, my 12. Yeah. Days. Yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, make sure you get your your shoulder ready for that. You know, oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I have, I have, you know, uh, two or three shotguns that I've I just sold one uh, AR twelve, and you know, I'm telling nobody I plan on buying a shotgun tomorrow. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, quite a few, quite a few. I understand how what it does to the shoulder, so I'm prepared now. <laughs> you know, um, it's funny. Uh, I went to the gun show the other day. Um, yeah. we, we, I know this is off topic. We're going to get back to you in a second. But <laughs> I was at the uh, gun show the other day, and I was talking to this dude, Black Home um, Gun Company. I forgot the name of them, but they were all real nice. Yeah. And I had my lady, Morgan, standing next to me. And the dude looked at me, and he looked at her. He was like, hey, it's your old lady? I said, yeah, yeah. He, he looks at her. He goes, hey, look, he going to be coming home with some shit that you don't know about. <laughs> 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 he, he said, look. Half the stuff my wife, half the stuff I got, my wife don't even know till I pull it out the safe. So, yep. you know, yeah. <laughs> That's real. Yeah, That's man. Real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, but uh, let me ask you, though, like, because... That's crazy. Like that time in the range, you and India weren't married yet. When did y'all get married? If you don't mind me. We got married in 2017. Um, okay. Yeah, May of 2017, May 6th. So that's coming up. And oddly enough, um, you know, this past weekend we were in Vegas. We went because yeah. we got married in Vegas, right? We went to oh, okay. the link that we got married in. We wanted to like get a picture of that chapel, but went upstairs, boom, chapel's gone. Like, damn, it hurt our heart. Like, <laughs> it's like it never happened, right? <laughs> so, man, that's crazy, man. That's, crazy. that's wild. That's yeah. wild. Well, hopefully y'all didn't contribute to the bad luck. You know Hell what I mean? Nah. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, that's dope, man. I thought I don't know why I thought you were married soon. I don't know. I'm tripping. I'm just asking, man, because, you know, I always admire, like I said, the uh, married mm -hmm. brothers that come on here. Did India go to uh, UMES? She did. She did. Uh, I'm assuming that's how y'all met. No, we went to high school together. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So um, we went to high school together, but we weren't together. I actually had a long-term girlfriend in high school. Mm -hmm. However, I, me and India never talked. Like, we had, like, two or three classes together, at least one class each year. Mm -hmm. And I always looked at her like, man, she had these pretty eyes. and She's so pretty. And I always had a crush on her, but I couldn't move forward with it. So um, by the time I got to college, right, I came to UMES when we graduated, she didn't go to college. She just, you know, started working and stuff like that. But after we started talking about a year and a half of me being in college, she decided to go to college. And where did she come? <laughs> the UMS. <laughs> so, you know, that's how that happened. That's what we call fate, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we call fate. That's <laughs> up. And I know y'all got a little one, so that's that's uh that's dope. It's funny. You want you want to hear a funny story. Yeah. So uh, for those y'all who don't know, we're going to talk about Antonio's business in a little bit, but uh, he's going to be 
after I got out of law enforcement, all my stuff expired. So I need to get all my papers, uh, everything again over. And I'm going to my man shooter for it. Yes, and uh, I'm bringing my lady along with me. Now, it's a funny story that has to do with your little one. Mm-hmm. So Morgan and I, about a week ago, we were walking on the trail. And I said, hey, man, like, you know, I think, you know, we really need to take that class together. I had full intentions on taking a class anyway, but she was like, what? Guns? I'm like, yo, you from Forestville. You should know more than anybody. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Thanks. So she was like, she was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, I kind of like talked her into doing it. And she was like, well, because we don't have kids yet. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, you know, if you have, we have it. Because when we first met, right, mm-hmm. and Morgan was coming over my place, with me not having any children, I had all my guns out. Yeah. Right. And so I remember the first time she came over there, she was like, oh, you got all these guns out. I made a joke. I was like, I don't know you like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, so she was like, why don't you have none of them locked up? I was like, I don't have kids. You know, so that same topic resurfaced about a week ago. She goes, mm-hmm. well, you know, when children come into play, you can't have uh, children, you know, around your guns. I said, well, I think that I'm going to be one of those people. Where I want to teach my little one you know, the, how to respect a weapon, you know, mm-hmm. and how to respect the, uh, the power of a firearm. Mm-hmm. And she was like, ah, I don't know. That's kind of scary. I was like, yo, a lot of gun guys, like, especially myself and you mm-hmm. know, like you would rather have your little one or little ones know, like, for example, they go over their friend's house and some yep. idiot parent leaves a gun out. Your daughter knows, nah, I ain't messing with that. Exactly. Like, the day we were talking about this, right. Mm-hmm. You happen to post on your story, you teaching Amani how to shoot. <laughs> and I showed her that picture. And she goes, oh, my God. <laughs> I said, see, I said, see, that's what, yeah, I said, see, that, that's what I mean. Like, you know, he's doing it. That's what we going to do, you know. Yeah. And so she goes, oh, well, OK, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it's very necessary. Like the, the last thing you want to do is have it be a taboo subject or something that you don't talk about at all. Because like you said, the biggest thing is it might not be your guns in your house. You might have guns that your kids never see. But, you know, look at just how things are going in the world today, especially in America, big gun place. So somebody brings a gun out to school or they find a gun by the bushes. It's like you want your kid to know what it is and not be curious. Like curiosity kills more than just a cat. Right. Like if if a child has no idea what this gun really does or they think, oh, it's not loaded or they have no idea how to work it. All they know is the one button that stands out on the gun is the trigger. So they don't know how to pull that without having any idea how loud it is, what it does. Once you teach your kids what it does, you don't have to tell them respect the gun. The first time they hold and shoot a gun, they're going to respect the gun. That's, <laughs> I never that's, that's something like that. you know, it, it's just in them. Like once they, they shoot it or even walking into a range, if you go to an indoor range the first time, my daughter cried maybe the first three times going because, really? you know, you, you understand the feeling when you first walk in there, the, the vibrations and echoes from rounds going off feel like you getting hit every right. time a round goes off. You feel it. And, and it, yeah. it is kind of intimidating for a child. So, um, you know, you want to teach them as early as you can. But there's no I don't put a, a number on any any child because brains develop and personalities develop at different stages. Right. So you can have a kid that's like four that understands and they're ready to learn about guns, gun safety and how guns work because they're mature enough. And then you might have an eight, nine, even 10 year old that's not mature enough and ready to really, you know, work with guns. You could tell them about being safe and don't touch it, but you don't want to like 
to you you just can gauge it. So when people ask me, hey, what what year do, or age do you start teaching? I'm like, it really depends on your child. I feel like you know your child more than I do. Do you think they're ready to um, yeah. learn about guns and shooting stuff like that? But yeah, that's the biggest thing. And the last thing I want to say is like picking up a gun, right? We know that some triggers, I mean, some triggers, if you, you know, spend some money, they're easy to pull. Other right. triggers, not so much. So if you have a really young kid, that index finger isn't strong enough to pull some of these triggers, mm-hmm. but their thumb is. And if they got their thumb on the trigger, which way is the barrel facing yeah. their face? Yeah. A lot of people have no idea. That's how kids shoot themselves on accident. They're trying to press this button and they can't seem to do it with the index finger, but their thumb will do it. But if their thumb is on it nine times out of 10, that barrel is pointing right at their face. So, you know, it's, it's, this is why we want to teach them so that we avoid any negligence and any accidents in the house. Because that's the, you. you cannot live with that. Right. Your kid killing themselves with your gun because of your negligence, leaving it out or even just because you did not tell them what a gun is. I'm Spencer Bryant. I'm running for president and I endorse that safety message. (laughs) (laughs) My man. Nah, man, that was you just I've been I've been holding I've been around weapons for real, for real, like close to eight years, not as long Mm -hmm. as you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was in law enforcement for a good little while, and growing up, man, um, <clears throat> my dad, which is all, who's also taking your class, and I can't believe it because this <laughs> man never let us have water guns growing up. You I know what I mean? It's crazy, and I get it. My dad's from you know he was well is from what Berry Farms used to be, right? Um, you know, and he saw a lot of stuff in his life, and it's crazy to hear. Remember the first day he came to me? It was about a year ago. <laughs> And uh, I had, I think I was coming from the range or something or whatever, but he saw my my rifle bag and he was like, man, what's in there? And I pulled my AR out. And he was like, man, what is that? And he was like, hey, man, you know, so how do I go about getting a gun? Man, I looked at him like he had three heads. I said, what? <laughs> you know, and I said all that to say is like, even as a kid, man, like, you know, hell as an adult for real, like everything you just mm-hmm. said, because I'm not an instructor like you are. We'll talk about that in a second. Well, Everything you just said, I don't think anybody has to guess you an instructor because that's right. not something that, a, that a, a, someone like me would know. You know what I mean? Right. He, don't tell that. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, like pull them with the thumb because they not, you know, the, may, maybe a gun has a, a five pound trigger uh, 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 trigger press or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think about none of that. Yeah. I didn't start shooting until I was an adult. So, But no, nah, man, that's dope, dog, because you know, I've always had a fascination about you know, not just guns, but weapons of all kind and not, mm-hmm. you know, in a sadistic, right, weird way. You not know what I mean? Weird. It's just like it's 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 like, you know, like John Wick, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When he kills somebody with a pencil, like the pencil is right. it is created for this, but it could be used for something else. Mm-hmm. So it's like a gun. I do understand that, like, you know, it only in, a, in essence, in theory, it only has one purpose, but it just yeah. depends who's behind it, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like with your business, man, you know, when I saw you started draw the fence, you know, when I first saw you started, I said, man, this, this dude is serious. Like, I, I I don't know what it took to you can love guns. You can like guns. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But to go get your instructor uh, uh, certifications and all this other stuff. I know when I call twice a twice a year, you know, the instructors <laughs> I'm talking to them, they grade my shit. I'm out. Yeah. So, you know, what I mean, I guess I'm just curious, like about like the whole the 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 path you got to take to not just you know have a passion like you do or like we do, but like you do, 
mm-hmm. you know, for weapons, but all the steps you got, you had to take to you know, start your, your venture. To be honest, man, in the, in the state of Maryland, it's not all right. Let me rewind. Let me go back before. Yeah, yeah. Break it down, man, because I might be learning something myself, yeah. you know. So nationally, it's not super hard to become an instructor, right? You just have to go through a nationally recognized organization, that being NRA mm. or they have USCCA. Those are the two biggest organizations that you could become a nationally recognized instructor getting certified through them right um you have to first and i did nra right so you'll take whatever it is that you want to teach which mine is handgun and pistol is the main thing that i do now of course i do shotgun rifle all that however in order to get certified you have to take each one so what you'll do is you'll take a basic pistol class that's what anybody has to take it's just 101 learning safety learning basics of the pistol then you'll have to take an instructor class after that. So at this point, you have to learn how to teach. That's the, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. And you have a shooting qualification at the end. And it's not the easiest in the world, but it damn sure is not the hardest either. Is it like the ice qual or is it? No, different? no, not at all. Not at all. It's uh, the, the only reason it's hard is because it's a small sheet of paper. There's no time limit if i'm not mistaken there was no time but it's on uh you know eight by eleven sheet of paper that you print out of a printer so it's that small and then you're going to send that to 15 yards so it's like it's more accuracy than anything you don't have to draw from a holster but it's like fundamentally they want to make sure that you have your fundamentals together we'll only know that if you you print out it's a i believe it's a six inch circle that you put on this (laughs) on this small sheet of paper send it to 15 and it's 20 rounds you have to shoot you have to have at least 16 in that six inch circle. And is a lot of people fail that, but to be honest, <laughs> just like I'm thinking like the ice qual, it's this big ass target right. and you know, you got all the time in the world <laughs> and that's, that's crazy. I mean, I know aim small, miss small, but damn. Right. So this, <laughs> this is the thing. And this is why I say it all the time after you take the, um, the that's that's just the first one that, that small little sheet of paper that's the first one and then you have another call that's just a bit harder on the same type of sheet um after you take the instructor call the instructor class i mean you have to learn how to mm-hmm. teach people you learn a few things of you know how to get a whole class to participate in things like that and once you pass the qualification after that you're done they give you a you know they sign over a sheet your certificate saying that you're nationally recognized and then from there you go through your state. So Maryland, you have to be certified through Maryland. So all I had to do was send Maryland State Police my certificate from NRA. And literally in less than 24 hours, they sent an email. Hey, you're you're in our uh, registry as an instructor. You're good. Right. Man. So it's not super hard. I don't want to say anybody could do it, but it's really not that hard. If you, if you work hard enough at just hitting the target or you get the right instructor and they cheat for you, you're going to make it. But Here's the issue that I have and a lot of other people have. The fact that it's not that hard to become an instructor. There's a mm-hmm. surplus of instructors. Everybody's here, you know, since the, the law change or the requirement change last year that made Maryland a shall issue instead of may issue. Now, everybody wants the money. You know, when you when they oh, I could get a concealed carry. I could, I could do that for three hundred dollars per person. And all I got to do is get certified. So it's like, okay, now you get certified, you know, you're an instructor and the average person, if I could be real as, as a consumer, the people that want this class, they don't want all this information anyway. They really just want to sit in a class for two hours and be able to get signed off on. 
Who cares right. if I pass my qualification? That's what the average person wants. Um, I take pride in not cutting corners, right? So the, the biggest thing is I, after I got the, this qual, I'm not the guy that's just like, oh, I'm an instructor. I'm Yeah, I'm him. Because <laughs> that's not true. Like once you become an instructor and all you took was the NRA basics, you you ain't shit, to be honest. <laughs> like, you, not. like people get- they So get and real quick, in our terms, you paper in a sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. On paper, you- <laughs> That's it. That's, I love it. I love it. So they out here skating. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and they think they're better than what they are. And, you know, you're doing the, the people a disservice because they're coming to your class and they get a false sense of security. Once they leave your class, they thinking, all right, cool. I got a gun. I'm going to be good. I'm like, no, even if they were great instructors, which I believe I'm a great instructor. Right. right. You still you come to my concealed carry class. You're not going to leave being a shooter, period. Yeah, you're not. Right. It's a 16 hour course and I can't teach you in 16 hours what you really need to defend yourself. What I'm teaching you are laws, safety, how to work a gun and really your mind state and mindset are like what you have to do. Just a bunch of things that people overlook. You know, you pay for that. I ain't going to talk about all that here, but, you know, at the end of the <laughs> yeah, day, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> yeah, getting that treatment in a couple of weeks. Yes, but yeah, yeah. The rest yes. of you need world got to pay, you know. Yes. Well, look, when you leave my class, <laughs> there's a certain way that you feel and, and knowing that you learn so much. And, you know, not to put any names out there, anything, but I've had many students that have come from other instructors and then have to call my phone and ask me questions about, hey, this law or, hey, how do you do this? Or I'm like. Who the fuck was your instructor? Like, why, why are you calling me? Like, this is ridiculous. I, You know, it's it's a pet peeve. I get irritated. I get mad. And I want to charge people. But at the end of the day, I'm, you know, it's more important for me that nobody gets jammed up because of the wrong information that they got. So if you're calling me because you didn't get it from that instructor, you know, as much as people will say, well, you can't, you got to stop doing this for free. It's like at the end of the day, this is for my people, right? I want my people to be able to, reach out to whoever they're going to reach out to. If they, if they went to an instructor that's extremely popular, they may not be the best instructor, but they're popular. So maybe it's very hard to get in contact with them, but you can get in contact with me, right? So you call me and I give you the right information. Hey, whether I got $20 consultation fee or whatever, it, it is what it is. As long as you have the right <laughs> info and you don't get locked up um, riding with the wrong uh, capacity magazine in the wrong jurisdiction or, you know, just stuff like that. I, I take pride in being there, being the people's instructor. That's literally it. That's kind of why I started this whole thing. I wanted to be an instructor since I was a teenager. And as I got older, just just watching, you know, going to small arms, that's where everybody go. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody wants a gun. Everybody wants a license and they have no idea who to go to, where to go. So, you know, I, I didn't want to be that guy that you see me in a in a in a range and you scared to walk up to me because I got on all this tactical gear. I sound like a, a drill sergeant. Nah, none of that. I'm dressed just like you. You know, right. I'm going to have a hoodie on, some jeans, some J's, just regular. You come talk to me. I talk. All my classes are just like this. We're talking. I just know my shit. So, you know. <laughs> no, 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 man. That's 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 a lot of gems you dropped. And I guess now that you're, you're talking, man, I'm kind of going in a in the same on the same path, but mm -hmm. a different direction, I guess. Oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> um, You know, there's a lot of talk, man, about, you know, gun culture in America. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was, we don't have to go around to the history of why the Second Amendment was created because most people <laughs> who say they're pro-Second Amendment have absolutely no idea the history on why it was created. But, you know, with me being, you know, pro-gun, mm -hmm. 
um, and I'm pretty sure you can agree that America does have a little bit of a problem when it yeah. comes to gun culture. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even talking about the laws, man. I'm talking about the moral compass of it all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, um, for example, you know, that, that Louisville shooting that happened couple weeks ago literally the next week in our a conference was like right down the street <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. um so i mean i don't know man i guess i'm saying that to like you know pick your brain on mm -hmm. like your thoughts on gun culture in america mm -hmm. not not talking about like as far as not we don't have the you know the, not the classes or like the instruct the instruct i'm just talking about like you know your <laughs> overall perspective about you know um and before you answer that or before yeah. you talk on it, because that really wasn't a question, but right. it's like you look at places like Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Where I don't know, no state that's more pro-gun than Texas. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, versus a state like Washington, where it's mm -hmm. pretty much zero. So my point is, it's like, are they, is it needed? You know, when something is it, it is the gun culture that's currently that we currently see in the media do you think that it is out of control or, you know, the pros and cons, I guess. Got you. Okay. So yeah, this, this is how I look at it. I think. And, um, then, we'll, and then we'll get to more of Antonio in a second. Got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how I look at it honestly is being somebody that, that really understands guns and honestly, my, my culture and where, where I'm from the, and being a young black man. Right. I understand guns, but I also understand the biggest problem with gun culture right now is just uh, a lack of education mm -hmm. from the people outside of gun culture. Right. Yeah. I think um, people look at it pro 2A or, or Second Amendment, anything as it's a stigma behind guns, period. We all know that guns were created. You could say, you know, anybody can get killed with a bat a frying pan, a car. That's true. You can make any of those weapons. We know that guns were literally designed as weapons to kill, right? Right. So right. you're going to look at guns, depending on where you're from and the type of people think about the, I, I don't know statistics so much, but think about where we may come from or what we're close to and think about as far as numbers and, and percentages, how many people come from where we come from that have actually seen a lot of violence gun violence and stuff like that and then think about maybe the overall people that maybe 60 to 70 percent that never ever ever have seen they don't know a person that has died to a gun right mm -hmm. and if that's the majority now they're looking at gun culture like no we don't need guns right because they they have never been in danger they've never seen anybody get robbed they've never seen anybody get killed so now that this there are more people that feel like they don't need guns than people that feel like they do. The only time they see gun violence is when they see a mass shooting that was on the news. Not somebody that just happened to get robbed, not somebody that just got shot up the street for nothing. They don't see that on the news. What they see, what you see on the news all the time is a school that got shot up, a, a shooting at a, at a church or a shooting at a mall. That's all you see. And that's what that's why you think it's a gun problem. And that's not what happens the majority of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a you know, there's that ignorance and also not knowing and understanding like why we have guns. Right. So there there are like three levels of it's it's so much. This is so deep of a question. It's like three levels. What I tell people when they get guns. Right. There's a you start off. Your first thing is, all right, I'm going to get a gun because I want to be able to protect myself and my family. 
right? right? And when you when I say protect yourself and your family, that means from like any one, two small group of people that try to rob you at the gas station, at Walmart, somebody tries to break into your house. You just want to have the means to protect yourself. That is the very first, the average person that gets a gun, that's their state of mind. That's why they're getting a gun. Right. And then secondly, after you've had a gun long enough and you start, you know, you're training, you, you start getting around certain people as a black man. Right. I'm, I have to say this. You start to see that we are still the minority. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially with guns and stuff like that. And you hear so many things. You see so many things. I understand that, that racists are still out here. Racism is real. Right. So I do understand that our people as a whole are like <laughs> way behind. So if there was actually an issue when you had when you see like a tension boiling between races and stuff like that, and you like, damn, if there's really an issue. What can we do? <laughs> like yeah, if, there right. was, if there was a race war, like I'm by all means, I absolutely love white people. Um, but I understand, <laughs> I understand like and I've been around racist racism. I, I've seen it throughout my, my whole life. I understand what could really happen because it's in history. It, it's happened before. It can happen again. Right. So that's that's literally that brings me to like that's the second step after it be after the small scale. Oh, I just want to protect my, my friends and family from being, you know, my house being broken into by whoever locally. Then you start thinking about your people. and You like, you know what? I need to be prepared for anything that happens, right. anything that happens, whether, you know, if we got to go to a, have a civil war or any type of war domestically. Right. I want to be able to make sure I'm good. Right. At some point, once you've done that, you start to get to, and this is the last letter where I see most people that have been shooting forever. You start going to competitions, you go to gun shows, you start talking to people. At some point, color doesn't matter anymore. You love guns. I love guns. I love freedom. You love freedom. We're training for us as a nation, not as a nation, right? Now, I want to make sure that there's two things people think about. We want to make sure that another country does not come in and do whatever they want to do to us, right? Because you can say, all right, yeah, our military, yeah, we have an extremely strong military, but wherever the main fight is, is where our military is going to be. And if right. they cannot be right there when we need them, what are we going to do? Be, be sitting ducks? That's one thing to think about, right? So that's part of step three. And then the last one is our own government, <laughs> which yeah. and that's what everybody thinks about. They're like, well, no, I cannot have, you know, my, my, my firearms and my last line of defense. Like they're going to, they're trying to take all our firearms so that they can take our freedom. And how can we fight back? I mean, I used to hear stuff like that and be like, oh, yeah, these motherfuckers crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it is, there's some truth to that because, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's history is shown in other countries and stuff. But once they take their weapons, it's pretty much, they get to do whatever they want to do at that point. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you really start training, you think about it like that. That's where you're at. Um, The average person, again, they they haven't been around um, or or seen enough. I think that's the biggest thing. People aren't paranoid enough and they haven't seen enough evil to really see why the, the, the guns are necessary. Right. They haven't seen enough evil. Once you've seen people die, like seen them up close, even if you 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 weren't there to see the murder, if you've seen a body, you know, under under a white sheet or seeing yellow tape. The body might not be there no more. You've seen how close it is to home where you had a very close friend killed or, um, you know, family member, just anything. You see this stuff happen or you you really follow not on TV, go on online or follow a page on social media that really reports all of the things that happen every day. And you see the people get shot every day. And this is up the street, but you were asleep. So you didn't see it. 
It's like, damn, this really happens. And it can happen to anybody. You don't have to be in the streets. You don't have to be in any type of illegal activity. You can just be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And evil people that don't like working for things, that don't want to see you have things, will take it and kill you so that you don't get them in trouble and that you don't tell on them. So, you know, once you start seeing that and start to really take it seriously, then, you know, it's then guns are important. But a lot of people wait till it's too late. They wait till something happens. And then, oh, I need a gun. I need a gun real bad. And that's that's majority of America. And that's the that's a big problem. You know, that's a huge problem with gun culture, period. But that's the biggest thing is the disparity and and where we are with people that do like guns and the overwhelming majority that don't know anything about guns that don't like guns. They already look at it as, as a terrible thing and we don't need them. Hey man, look, maybe this is gonna be a philosophical episode. <laughs> What's up with you alphas, man? Y'all might know a little something. something. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. Um, all those points you spoke on, man. My favorite one uh that you mentioned was how gun culture, the good side of it, has the ability to bring people together of all races. Mm-hmm. When I went to the gun show the other day, uh, you know, and I was telling my lady about it, she was like, ah, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm a black woman. <laughs> Trust me, like they're going to be people of all walks of life. Yes. Um, you know, it's like when I used to work at Arlington Cemetery, man, as a historian, which I talk about frequently on here. And it's like, yeah, I encountered, you know, a lot of racism there being the only black historian. But that's a designated place that is designed for one th- you know what i mean like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's arlington cemetery but you know you go to the gun shows you know and it's it's the the the, the treatment you have most of the time um as a person of color is 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 completely different because even like the most racist of people look at you there and they're like okay well they, they like guns uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know and by the time we left, she go, oh, wow, everybody was so friendly. And I'm like, yeah, because it's, it's kind of like I remember one time I went to Comic-Con, right? Mm-hmm. And the only time I really went to Comic-Con, I was with my brother. Now I was with one of my close friends. And I was like, man, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, I, you know, I love the, the Marvel stuff, but I'm not an expert. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I watch phase one and all this other stuff, but I can't tell you who beat Captain America in issue 75. Like, <laughs> That's not my thing, you know what right. I'm saying? But I respect it. Yeah. But I tell you, man, when I went, it was all people of all different colors, all different nationalities, and they were all there for one thing. Probably about to wild out by saying this, but it's the truth. Uh, one time I actually, when I used to work on, uh, I used to work, I ain't gonna say the, the, the agency that I worked for, right. Right, law enforcement, but one of my main posts was off of 14th Street and Penn um okay. downtown next to the white house and i got off early one day and i was like oh man you know it's summertime dc always doing something every weekend and i was walking in my car and all i kept hearing was in the distance and then i see a fire truck decorated in all rainbow shit slowly coming down constitution avenue right Mm-hmm. And you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And it was a bunch of like white dudes on top of it with their asses out. And I was like, yo, this is a gay parade. <laughs> so I had to walk through that joint to get to my car. Yeah. Right. Now, definitely, you know, all that homophobia shit. I ain't with all that, man. Right. People right. Love who they love. They're going to be with who, who they be with. I don't care. Yes. But 
that's another example of relating to the gun shows where everybody was there that embraced the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody was saying, ain't a gay bone in my body. But I was walking through the hey, I said, yeah, yeah, what's up, bro? You know, <laughs> you know I'm going back to my car, you know. But it's, it's, and guns are just, to me, I know that was a wild-ass comparison, but, you know, tomato, tomato, dog, whatever. Um, it's the same thing. It, the rule still applies, man. That's why I love that 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 answer or the, the, the thing you said mm -hmm. about that as far as, like, you know, everybody under one roof. You know, we walked past... Um, you know, so many different people. We were walking down one of the aisles and it was a dude, it was an old white guy, stomach mm -hmm. big as ever. And he had a Trump 2024 hat on, right? Yeah. So I said, ah, oh, man, look at this shit. You know, whatever. <laughs> we're walking down and it's me, my boy, and my lady. And he looks at us. He goes, hey, how y'all doing? And I was like, hey, what's up, man? You know, he goes, oh, I'm pretty good for an old man, <laughs> you know, and yo, he, we just start rapping about guns. Another dope experience I had with guns, man. Matter of fact, this is when we went to the, sh this, this is when we was at the shore mm -hmm. and it was me and all my line brothers. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was really the only one. I mean, it's crazy because half of them are like police officers now, but at the time we was all still in college and I was the only one that kind of really had a fascination for guns like you even all the way back then. Yeah. So I said, hey, man, let's go to this gun range, man. It was like, man, where is that? So it was like seven of us, right? Yeah. We pull up in this gun. You probably know where it is. It's gun range out in Cambridge or somewhere. It's an outdoor yeah, joint. sporting clays. Yeah, outdoor yeah. joint. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Man, we pull up. Walk in, it's a bunch of Duck Dynasty looking motherfuckers yes. in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they and all you hear is like honky tonk music in the background, <laughs> and you got these seven young black men that just walk in the joint, and you know it's in the woods. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's in the woods, like it's not small arms <laughs> or elite or Fred. Like that joint is in the woods, right? Yeah. So we were like, oh hell no, nah. we up out of here, and they just stared at us. And then so one of the guys said, How y'all doing? And we were like, yeah, we good. And we were about to leave. He goes, y'all want to do some shooting? <laughs> and we was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. And bro, like, they let us shoot for free. We was there for like oh, two man. hours. Like, and it's like those experiences that like, you're right. When you do see those horrible stories. Mm -hmm. and, and I work in journalism, man. Like, yeah. so I understand, you know, the media picks and chooses what yeah. they cover. But, you know, and it's unfortunate. Mass shootings are always unfortunate. Yeah, but it's like, you know, down not too far from where you and I stay, um, up the road in in in, in Northern Virginia, mm -hmm. um, guys filling up his uh in Potomac Yard, mm -hmm. multi million dollar houses, whatever. Yeah, around there, he goes to the gas station, fills up three knuckleheads, pull up on him. You know what I'm saying? Give me your mm -hmm. shit. Well, he was armed. Yeah, and. He must have pulled a bent elbow or something. I don't know, but like he got all three of them, killed all three. Mm -hmm. of them. And I read the article. They didn't even arrest them. No charges pressed. Mm -hmm. That wasn't even on TV. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Uh, one more story I'll say to contribute to what you were saying to the other point about what people don't see. And I think mm -hmm. I told you this story, but I'll tell it for the masses. And I apologize to my lady in advance, even though I think she knows the story. But I, I'm a date. With this one joint. And she was from like Cali or something, um, like Orange County or something like that. And she had moved, you know, to Upper Marlboro. So we met, we started rapping, and you know, I planned a little something to go out to eat in Bowie, right? 
Bowie. (laughs) For those who may be not familiar with the area, Bowie is like, it's a very upscale area. It's Bowie. Mm Bowie is a very expensive area to live in, if y'all don't know. So I remember we pull up to the restaurant. We meet there. She had just bought a brand new Benz or something and paper tags on it. Everything. She was like, is my car going to be safe around here? My literal words were this. Man, this is Bowie, bro. Ain't nothing about to happen over here. (laughs) So we go inside and we had just came from the shooting range, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't have no weapon on me, but I had about four guns in my backseat. I had my uh 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 Glock 43 in my well my service pistol that was in my um my glove box. Mm-hmm. Right. So we go in the restaurant, we there wrapping it up, talking, we end up leaving, and you know, it was late. You know, where like there was no other cars in the parking lot but us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, I see you later, whatever. Um, so I'm in my car, about to go home. I'll never forget it. This is around Christmas time and it was cold out. And my car is pretty loud. You know what I mean? Like, so when you it's on, you know, it's on. It's not like it's a Tesla, like that Jones. Right. So I used to have smacked out windows at the time before I took them off. Mm -hmm. And and a black Nissan, late mile black Nissan Maxima pulls up about two parking spaces to the right. You know, guys like us, your intuition just says, hey, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, some don't seem right. You know what I mean? Mm So, bro, before I can even put my car in the gear to pull off, because I just felt like something was going to happen, I see the back, the left, uh, the passenger side, the rear passenger side door open up, right? Mm-hmm. Which lets me know it's at least two people in that car. Yeah. Him and the driver, right? <laughs> you know, so I don't know who else in the front seat or whatever. So he runs up to the car. I guess was under the assumption he didn't know anybody was in there. Right. Right. And he tries pulling on the uh, my, my passenger side door. Thank goodness it was locked. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's like yanking on the door handle. Right. Trying to pull it open. So I don't know what made him do this, but he ran back to the car to get something. I, th- I think I saw like something like a black crowbar in his hand. He's going to break the window. I go in my glove box real quick. I take my service pistol out. And he tries to open the door again. I slightly, I turn the console light on. I slightly crack the window. And I literally just say this. I don't say, because I was, I was freaked, bro. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, man, I wish, nah. I guess, (laughs) you know, because when you're actually scared, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? You're not going, you know, everybody say what they would do in these situations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You don't know what the hell you're going to do. Um, I've seen the toughest dudes in law enforcement act like G.I. Joe's before something happened. When something happened, they, they gone, you know? I slightly cracked my uh my window. He sees the gun. I said, "Man, you might want to rethink your decision." I said it just like that, and he, <laughs> his eyes got big as saucers. <laughs> and I didn't want to shoot this kid. This kid looked like he was like fourteen or something <laughs> like that. You know, no hair and it's nothing. <laughs> and I remember his eyes got so big, and he goes, "Oh, oh, don't shoot me!" <laughs> right. What the funny thing is, he says, he got a gun. All you hear is, before he even got in the car. (laughs) So you learned two lessons tonight. (laughs) One, don't be walking up on no light car because you don't know what they got. Two, you just learned you ain't got no real friends. Exactly. And all jokes aside, man, like I could have easily pulled off, 
Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't know if these people was gonna follow me. I didn't know what they was gonna do. Right. But because I was strapped, you know what I mean. And I, I didn't. I'm not gonna say, yeah, I'm trying to kill that. Like, nah. Like I was right. telling my lady, when, when we about to take your class, she goes, I don't want to learn. I don't want to kill anybody. I'm like, <laughs> Antonio's not gonna teach, at least not in this class. Right. Not, gonna <laughs> <laughs> not gonna teach you how to kill nobody. This this class ain't it. You know. Right. Um, so nah, man, I definitely, I definitely agree with all those points you said. You know what I mean? Those are a lot of um, ones that I hope people take heed to. You mm-hmm. know about like, hey man, my my rule of thumb is this. Like I was telling my dad when he was like, man, I don't know about carrying a gun. I was like, look, I ain't no expert. People like Antonio is, but I do know this. I'd rather have it and not need it mm-hmm. than need it and not have it. Look, bro, dad, them words just it just <laughs> it just hit different, right? <laughs> have never been in a situation where they needed a gun and did not have it. And I will say that, you know, sometimes it, it takes people more, you know, some people you really got to go through. It's just like me seeing it on TV or seeing it happen to somebody else in their mind, everybody puts themselves in one best case scenario, or they just feel like it'll never happen to me. So until it does, they just feel like, man, I don't need no gun. I don't feel comfortable walking around with a gun or the words, I don't want to kill nobody. It's like you don't want to kill nobody until they try to they want to kill you, right? Yeah. So if they're in front of you trying to kill you, do you just give up right then? Do you, does that mean you know? And this is this. It's not to say you know you're weak for giving up right then, but it's just like what do you have to live for? Like I maybe you don't have anything that you feel like you need to fight, right? right. If I die, I have a little girl out here that will have no guidance from a father, right? Yeah. That's extremely important. If there was nothing else I felt like I needed to live for, I have to fucking fight to yeah. make sure that I make it home for her. Literally. Right. You know what I'm saying? And there's other things. Like it ain't, I'm not one of them people to feel like, oh, my kid saved my life. I, I wouldn't be shit without that's not true. Nah. <laughs> but I love my kid. That is a big reason why I, I have to fight. So if I'm in yeah. a gunfight or whatever, I'm gonna fight till my light switches off. It's not, oh, I got hit once and I can't go. No, I have you, that gives me more will than anything. So, yeah, a lot of people be like, yeah, I don't want to kill nobody. It, it's so easy to say that because you're not in a situation where somebody's trying to kill you. And even let's say, you know, for, for your girl, she it, it might not be her. It might be you that she's really in love with and you're in trouble. Is she not going to kill somebody that's trying to kill you? Hey, you hear that, uh, uh, Morgan? If you listen, you hear that? Yeah, 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 yeah. What they call it, a ride or die, you know? Yeah, because that's that's real. At the end of the day, sometimes other people want the will to protect other people is even more so than yourself. You know, when you really, really love somebody, you're willing to do whatever to protect them because of your love of them. So that's the biggest thing, man. I want want more people to understand. And and again, this is my passion. I'm passionate about it because when you come to my class, whatever you had in your mind at first. If nothing else, I'm going to rewire your brain to feel like, you know, guns are necessary. hundred percent. You're not going to be afraid of guns, even if you feel like you're not far enough to, well, I'm going to carry it every day. That's fine. But you'll understand why it's important to have one. And, you know, hopefully at some point you start carrying it. But I'm, I'm here to break it down in real life in layman's terms to where you understand it because you could die. Somebody could kill you. At the end of the day, you don't want, you know, so many people to have houses that don't have guns. And I'm just like, you just gotta be blunt. Be like, bro, what if somebody ran the house? What if somebody like me? Say, like, nah, like, nah, like, nah, what if somebody yeah. ran in your crib? And, and you know, let, let's say it's you and, and your girl, you have nothing. I say, what, what's to stop them from doing whatever they want? Tie you up and rape your girl in front of you. 
You right? You just yeah. got to give them the worst scenario they can ever think of. What you gonna do? Like they run in there hey, and they got you back. Real like, talk. That actually, you know, to give put, you know, the perspective into people's minds. Um, you know, dude, I used to work with that. Mm-hmm. Not same situation. Mm-hmm. Wow, story. I'm a storyteller, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. All I know is he was talking to this girl for a little while. Apparently, like, there was a situation or two where, like, you know, she had this crazy ex and he kept calling or this and the third, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy that I work with, very knowledgeable guy, very, very, you know, um, what's the phrase? Uh, 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 try by, I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six mentality, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and um, crazy story, man. They went out. He invited her back to his place mm-hmm. and um, they walked in the house and they're in there. And I guess he forgot to lock it. Well, and now I guess that's what happened. He didn't think because he lived in a decent neighborhood. Yeah. And her ex was following him the whole time. Mm. I mean, it's at night. Nobody. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say my situation, situational awareness is that damn good. It's right. pretty decent. But, you know, followed him home and, you know, walked in the front door. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and I both know size and sex does play a role in use of force. Oh, for sure. And my man, you know, small guy, whatever, dude, he was that walked in as Goliath. Mm-hmm. You know, the dude, my man's telling him, yo, get out, get out. You look this story. Well, I ain't gonna tell you, look it up because I would have to <laughs> say my man's name. But right. like, so it, it really, it really, you know, it was it was in the news. Mm-hmm. And this happened about four or five years ago. And, um, you know, he was telling, yo, get out my crib, get out my crib. You know, speculation like that the girl has something to do with it. Whatever that's can be for that can be debated. But what's going right. on right now is there's a threat in your house. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so he had his golf bag next to the door. Dude grabs one of the golf bags, and all he says is, "If I can't have her, nobody can." Mm. My man pulls out his uh, Walter P twenty two, and to the chest, one of the head. Mm. You know, and that fast, you know what I mean? And my man, you know, very, very um, lighthearted dude, you know what I mean? Very good guy, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, somebody in your house, dog, <laughs> that was going to kill you, yeah. you know what I mean? And not to put my lady out there, but she's like, well, I'm just going to shoot him in the knee. I said, you're going to shoot someone in the knee that's trying to kill you. Like, you know what I mean? I'm sorry. I'm not that forgiving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Real quick about that. Yeah. I have to. I, this would be the only point that I talk about in classes, right? That I'll mm-hmm. break down right quick because you hit that. Oh, lot. y'all about to get a free lesson, so say, uh, <laughs> <All listen right>. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> So first of all, there's, there's two things I'm gonna say right now. You ever hear words? Oh, why can't I just? I'm gonna just warning shot. First of all, we don't shoot warning shots. That's illegal, right? right? Mm-hmm. We're not shooting in the ceiling. We're not shooting in the ground. What they'll say is, and when I say they or whoever's trying to charge you with this warning shot is, where? How did you know where the bullet was gonna go? Right? If you shot up. You know, a round is only going to stop when something hard enough stops it. So what if you shoot up and it goes through the roof? At some point, it got to go down. Did you know where it was going to go down when it came back from the sky? Absolutely not. That's a negligent discharge. The same with shooting the ground. If you shoot the ground in the ricochets and hit somebody, right, you shot them by accident. No. So that's why we don't do warning shots. That's one. Number two, we don't shoot the injure, right? If you try to shoot somebody in a leg, how you know they're not going to die? Right. You don't know. So <laughs> it's, it's two reasons why you don't shoot anybody like, oh, I'm going to shoot him in the knee. Or I'm going to shoot him in the. 
best case scenario. Like I just said, everybody puts themselves in best case scenario. You think somebody is trying to kill you is going to sit there and let you shoot them in the leg. Like they're standing still. Right. A leg is smaller than the chest, right? How you know you're going to hit the leg? Hey, you real have, quick, uh -huh. I'm to get you out to in the yeah. court. This I do know the court because this is law enforcement shit. I'll yeah. try to forget that job, but it does pop in my mind. Yeah. Is that also addition to what you're saying is the court's going to look at it where the, the knee is much smaller than the chest. So mm -hmm. if you had time to aim for a small for a small body part like the knee, the yep. court's going to be like, well, if you had that much time to aim, then you didn't have to shoot at all. <laughs> I th this we'll talk about that in class for sure. Yo, <laughs> hey, was I about to give too much? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. no that's, that's true. But it's so much black and white with that because yeah, okay, yeah, we yeah, did right. have it can go from zero to hundred real quick. But if you're trying to shoot at somebody's leg again, somebody's moving, you're not gonna hit the leg. I don't see look, I don't see you motherfuckers shoot. All right. <laughs> I've had people come to my class. I've seen y'all shooting the qualification. You think you're gonna shoot somebody in the leg, it's not gonna yeah, happen. Um, right. it's a few reasons. Like you, you shoot somebody in the leg, one is no guarantee that they're gonna stay alive. But two, mm -hmm. I mean, when we're aiming for center mass, we're doing that because that's the biggest place in the body with all the most important organs, right? That's what's gonna stop the threat. All right. I'm telling y'all now, if you if nothing else, just remember this. You do not shoot to injure. You do not shoot to kill. Do not shoot somebody and go to court and be like, I shot. The no, you shoot to stop the threat. You shoot as many times as you need to until they, their behavior changes. If they're trying to kill you, you shoot as many times as you need to shoot until they are no longer trying to kill you. If that takes yeah. one round. Great. If it takes seven or eight. Great. It, it happens. If you shoot somebody one time and they die. It's God's will. Like you didn't try to kill him. You just shot him one time. And that's what it took to stop him. And they happen to die. God's will. If he shoots somebody seven times and they don't die, God's will. It was not their time to go. But that's how many rounds it took to stop him. Right. But yeah, right. the biggest thing is you're going to be uh, charged with the same thing, whether you shoot them in their leg, ankle, chest, neck. <laughs> if you it, whatever your intent was, you're going to be charged with the same thing. So you might as well go for the, the higher percentage uh, shot anyway. So. Yeah, we're not we're not aiming for no knees. Even if you yeah. take, you know, some of my more advanced skill development classes, we still not aiming for no legs. So yeah, we're gonna scrap that. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, straight up. And uh uh instructor Spence says, someone try to kill you, don't try to injure them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, hey, that's man. First and foremost. <laughs> Real quick, dog, there's uh you said it, you know, in several different ways over the course of us just rapping, but you know, mm -hmm. before we get up out of here. I've heard you, you say the word passion about two or three times when it comes mm -hmm. to this and teaching people. But I don't think I ever heard you say like where the passion came from. You know what I'm saying? Because gotcha. um, I have a passion for history. I'm not going to go into where it came from, but it does mm -hmm. have a birthplace. So, mm -hmm. you know, and in interviewing and telling stories, all that has a birthplace. So I don't think I've asked you like, you know, where this this passion came from now if it's something if it's something like too detailed or something you don't want to talk about that's cool oh it's not all right bet cool i'm listening yeah i talk, I talk about this uh most of my classes um because people want to know you know what got me into shooting da, 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 da. so i'm I just be a hundred so um i started shooting at about 13 right um i had a gun since i was about 16 right mm -hmm. so obviously having a gun was illegal I didn't care. Everybody yeah. else had guns and a lot of stuff was happening around where I was at. So I wanted to have a gun as well. So me and my cousin both, you know, put up, boom, we got a gun. Um, right. The thing is, once we got that, because I had already been shooting from a younger age, 
um, being t- taken by my uh, stepdad um, to the range, I knew guns. I knew guns. I knew how to break down a gun. I knew how to load a gun. And I really became fascinated as a teenager early. So having these friends in the streets that have guns, that don't know nothing about guns, I started teaching early. And when people come up to me, you know, my man from around the way, just be like, yeah, man, I just got this new Glock. And I see it, and it's a Ruger. <laughs> so me seeing that, you know, I, I really was passionate about teaching. Be like, yeah, bro, this ain't it. Um, this is a Ruger, or this is that, or you know, this is the this is safety, or this is the lemon squeeze. If you hold on the back of this, it's automatic. I'm like, no, bro, it's just a grip safety. That's it. Like if if you don't hold that, it won't shoot. And me just breaking that down. I'm I'm a youngin. I'm 16, 17. I'm I'm teaching them this, and I loved it. I said, man, just I get old. I'm going to be an instructor the way I'm showing y'all da, 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 how to align sights, how to really shoot. I'm, You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to show this, doing that at a young age, watching Top Shot on, on the History Channel. Like, that was my yeah. show. So um, I really knew that I was going to become an instructor because I already loved guns. But, you know, more of a passion came, like I said, just getting older. I, had, I got my first gun. I was still at the first legal gun. <laughs> I was still at the store. Right. I was just as uh, coming into my senior year, got it. And I just started saying, man, everybody need to have a gun. Like if y'all can legally get it, why y'all playing? Like I'm understanding that I had been through some things, some traumatic things. I'd really been in between shooting like that's happened to me. And it does something to you. It brings a paranoia that some other people may have never had. So in my mind, I'm just like, everybody need a gun. You should just have a gun. When I knew I could be old enough or, or when I finally found out that I could do it myself, I didn't need to because I thought, man, I'm going to get Secret Service. I'm going to be with them. And then by the end of my career, I'll be an instructor. Once I figured out I could do it on my own, I said, man, this is it. This is what I need to do for my people. Literally, like I just want to be and that's this is on my website. I just want to be the people's instructor. Like literally, I want you to be able to. You can contact me. You don't feel a certain way. Um, you know, you don't feel intimidated to contact me because you can look at me and you'll hear me talk and know that I'm a regular person. Like, you know, when, when you, you see me at the range, you could just easily just walk up to me. I want to be that open so that you feel like you can get a gun. You know, I'm, I'm talking just like you. I'm walking and, and dressing just like you. The only thing is, like I say, I know my shit. I, I had to have balance. You know, you have people that really know their stuff, but they come off as drill sergeant or, you know, super duper aggressive. That, that turns some people off and they don't want that. Mm-hmm. So I just make sure I'm, I'm I'm this cool. Right. And know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I have to be at the show that I know what I'm talking about, because there have been some gatekeepers or try to be gatekeepers. They look at me as a, as a young and they, oh, you don't wear these uh, 511 pants. You know, you you're not, you you couldn't be a good enough instructor. You only been doing it a year, and it's it's not it's not like that. I've definitely humbled a few old guys. So, um, yeah. but yeah, that's that's where it came from. Yeah, you gotta humble people, man. But now yeah. I was just curious. You know what I mean? Where, you know, your passion, um, you know, for weaponry came from. Last thing I'm gonna mention mm-hmm. is. I not you you are uh, 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 one of the people who have joined the the the. the the uh, honorable guest of people who've been on here that have made a weight loss transformation has nothing to do with guns. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so nah, man, cause I know you've like made a weight loss transformation too. And you and I are very similar when it comes mm-hmm. to, um, we don't got to dwell on this too long. This maybe yeah. can maybe be a part two, you know, um, is, uh, the whole, yeah, you lost weight, you know, you're in the gym, you're doing what you got to do, but like, you know, you, you one, you still know you got work to do, but we're also mm-hmm. very similar in like still having those 
whatchamacallit, those, I would say those weight loss, those, those post weight loss insecurities. You may not have the stomach you once had. You may not, you may have went down four or five pan sizes, but you know, and I should have brought that up earlier, um, mm -hmm. but I just thought about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I just wanted to shout you out on that. You know what I mean? Congrats for the, for, for, for the weight loss joint, you know? Yeah, it's hard. It's never ending, man. That's, that's, a, that's definitely a thing that, you know, um, some people don't understand because they they've had it sweet their whole life. It's like, dang, you, you never had to lose eighty pounds before. So you know, until you had to do that, don't tell me like how hard it is or yeah. how it is to be. Fat. I'm like, nah, bro. Like if you just don't have that body type and you've never lost that amount of weight, it ain't but so much you can tell me. Like if you're if you're certified, then I totally understand that you understand how body how the anatomy works, how you know nutrition, what you have to do. That's cool, but you can't tell me how easy something is until you've lost that much weight like is it so much easier to maintain something it is def it's definitely hard to build muscle harder to build muscle oh, yeah. than it is lose weight i get that yeah. but until you've had to lose that much like you've never been 260 trying to run right <laughs> when i was one 180 like running and doing whatever it was so much easier you take that for granted till you gain weight again be like dang yeah. I'm so used to being this fast and doing this, or even boxing, like my reflexes, everything was fast. And then you gain like 30 pounds and you just like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. So people that have never been at, at that level, like, or, or I'm sorry, that weight or that heavy, then they don't understand how hard it is. Like I, I see people that are smaller that have never been big and they will, you know, they could just watch shows and just look at people and you judge them, but I'm like, you've never been that big. I, I don't judge them because I have been that big and I, I know how hard it is. You see them in the gym, you're not going to clown them. Some people will, but it's just like they're here. They have to start somewhere. They literally got to start somewhere and they can't they can't run like you. They can't do jumping jacks as easy as you think it is. Like swinging around almost 300 pounds, sometimes 300 pounds. Trying to do a jumping jack is extremely hard. So, mm. you know, I, I did, man, I ain't going to lie. Once you lose that weight the first time, it's just like, you know, it's somewhat of a, it's bittersweet, like, or, or bitterness towards you. It's like all the people that was judgy, all the people that ain't pay you no mind, all of this. The, the, <laughs> nah, fuck all that. I lost all this money. Don't, don't even talk to me. You can't even talk to me. <laughs> you lose, you know, the, don't let them get big when you get small. It's a wrap. Oh, it's a Yeah, rap. man. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the point that you point, uh, one of the points that you made where you were like, yeah, if you are certified, you can say, but you know, I've been on my journey journey almost mm -hmm. a thousand days. Yeah, um, started October twenty fourth of twenty twenty, and one thing I one of the I keep learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fitness is an ever learning. It's a journey. Absolutely, you go to the gym every day for two years straight. There might yeah. be two months in a row you don't go, but Thanks. as long as you don't lose, you don't envision. But there's one thing. One of the things that I've always learned is the people who are certified don't never say are never. Most of the time, because, you know, you do got some, but people who have the room to say something usually <laughs> never do. It's yeah, the ones right. who don't have room to say something. <laughs> Man, I'm not going to put no names out, but I can I, I can think of a few dudes off. This, and it, I never caught any type of like flack from women, even when I was at my biggest. Right. You know, I never got made fun of by women. I never got mm -hmm. teased by women. Maybe I wasn't their cup of tea. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I was the size I was, but I never it was always niggas. Yes. And <laughs> bro, more than a third of them, if I see them now, mm -hmm. I'm like, dog, you lucky I'm the person I am and I'm not vengeful <laughs> because like, yo, 
yeah. it's a couple dudes I be seeing on my stories on IG. I'm like, man, this used to me and my lady while uh took her to go see Aladdin the mm-hmm. other day. And we was on uh, the Broadway version. Mm-hmm. And so we were walking down the street and I ran into one of my old friends and uh, or oh, dude, I used to know. I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he goes, yo, what's good, Spence? And like the conversation went on for about 20 seconds before I realized who he was. You know, it's like when you go to homecoming. Oh, what's good, bro? What's good? Yeah. Like, man, who the fuck is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized like who he was. Man, you look good, man. So, oh, man, appreciate it. And I realized who he was, but I didn't recognize him because he got so big. And then we walked off. And, uh, you know, my, my lady was like, hey, who is that? I said, man, this dude, one of the dudes that used to, like, always clown me on where mm-hmm. I was, you know. And she was like, him? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, like, everything you just said is true, man. You know, especially about, like, you know, you got to start somewhere. Once your mind is locked in because you, it takes i don't know what the statistic is it takes 30 60 days to build a habit like mm-hmm. you go on your journeys three four years you know like it is for us even if you don't go to the gym or you don't work out whatever for like the next month or so you still haven't lost the vision you know exactly. what i'm saying yeah and uh my rule of thumb is as long as i don't walk out that joint feeling too sore i'm like all right, i ain't been away too long you know right what I mean? right, right. <laughs> Facts. that's that's the biggest thing and then i think uh just another thing to put out there is my mind state is you know yeah i want to look good so much better i think that you know that bothers me a lot too but above that above that is, is really how i feel you know, just just doing everyday things like i always took pride and even when my body ain't look right like if you you don't even have to watch boxing. I think the average person knows who Tyson Fury is because he beat Deontay Wilder. So it's like yeah. just his body, right? <laughs> like, you don't get tired, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I take pride in that because even when I was, you know, in the boxing gym all the time and I had on more weight than most of these people, it's just like any other heavyweight that was similar in size to me couldn't touch me. It's people that were smaller than me that they can't touch me because I move better. I'm so right. much faster than them. And you know what I'm saying? I'm slick. I yeah. love that. So I love being able to sprint full speed and being that big guy. Be like, damn, I didn't expect that. Yes, that's <laughs> what I work out for. Not to just be able to, but if I got to lift myself right. up over something, boom, I could do that. Right? It, that's yeah. the biggest thing. I don't have to be, I've never been the strongest guy. In boxing, you don't really lift weights, especially heavyweights because that'll slow you down too much. So the biggest right. thing was just being able to do whatever I needed to do and, and be in decent shape. No matter what, I'm in decent shape. If yeah. I got to throw these hands, the hands coming out before the gun do. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to get up out of here because I don't want to see not none of them, you know. <laughs> All right, man. Nah, man. I definitely appreciate you coming on here, man. You know, I'm an old man. It's getting late. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I'm in bed by like, yeah, 7.30, you know. <laughs> Before we get out, though, man, um, I know you talked about a lot uh, about your business um, and you being a weapons instructor. So if uh, someone like myself, my lady, mm-hmm. my father, my boy, hopefully I will want my mom <laughs> to get in there, but that's probably not going to happen. Uh, you know, where can they find more information? Got you. So you can Google me, right, at Draw Firearms Training and Defense. Um, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Draw Defense, D-R-A-W-D-E-F-E-N-S-E, not a C. Um, and those are probably the best. So uh, www.drawdefense.com. Um, you go in there, look at what I offer, and I think the best thing to do is uh, give me a call or DM or text. 
it, my number's online. So um, if there's any questions that you have about, because a lot of people have, but Maryland is not straight to the point. It's not simple. Uh, give me a call and I can explain all that you need to know. And if you do not see a public class, um, most of the times I have the classes in my mind already, but I just don't put them on my calendar if I do not have a space that I'm going to as far as the range. So that's that's how you can find, you know, whatever you're looking for. I got you. Nah, man, definitely appreciate you coming on here, man. This is exactly what I thought it was. Well, not really. I thought I didn't know it was going to get a little in depth like it did. Um, you know, but ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing not wrong with that. You know what I mean? So I definitely appreciate you coming on here. All right, y'all. Welcome. I oh, welcome back. <laughs> it's getting late. It's getting late. Yeah. Been looking at a computer screen all day. Um, all right, y'all. Thank y'all once again for tuning in on another episode of the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, Sometimes Disingenuous podcast, where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. I have my boy Antonio on. Drop some major gems about the class. And after I take his class, I'm going to get my John Wick groove back. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I never shot like John Wick. We just shot the ice squad. That was it. <laughs> Look, I get you there. <laughs> I get you there. 